put some respect on my name. First and foremost, my numbers are better than 15, 16 or so guys that are currently in the hall. Here's the handoff. Taylor looking for some cutback. He finds him looking Fred go. He's across the 30. Look at him run. Fred's going. He's at the 50, the 40. Y'all, 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 y'all finished or y'all done? 20, 10, 5, touchdown. 80 yards, Fred Taylor. I'm talking modern day guys at my position. When my name come up, respect. I plan with my name. I ain't gonna say it. And y'all saying my name put some respect on You look at the guys that are in the Hall of Fame from a defensive standpoint. Ray Lewis, Derrick Brooks. Look at all these other guys they're trying to put in the Hall of Fame. Gerard on the kick. Here's Taylor. Put some respect Busting on. through. Fred Taylor making a cut. Taylor is gone. Touchdown, Jacksonville. These the same dudes that I murk every Sunday. When my name come up, respect. I plan with my name. I ain't go right on it. But he knows he doesn't have a big play team in Jacksonville, does. Draw play. Taylor skips two tackles. Right, and here we go. Bye-bye. Brock Marion chasing. Brock Marion still chasing. Gets help from Smith. Touchdown. No flags. Y'all, y'all, y'all finished or y'all done? 1010XL 92.5 FM presents Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Hold my pocket. Dylan Denmark. All right, everybody. Uh, even Dylan Denmark was tired of the depressing little <laughs> opening he put together to start the week right there. Just so you know, Fred's fine. Everything's fine, right? It's like one of those things, Tony. Somebody's trending on Twitter and somebody throws that Denzel Washington mm-hmm. meme of like, that exclamation of relief, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, man, I just wanted yeah. to make sure that person was just okay no, that we're we talking about. We got a standing about. rule here on the show. There's never a bad time for Fred nope. Taylor. Plenty yeah. of Fred all the time, Fred. We can talk Fred any time, and uh, he, he marked those so-and-sos <laughs> yes, back in the day. I love when Fred talks on himself, gets a little fired up. By the way, happy, uh, happy Valley, happy Penn State Day. It's a whiteout in the studio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, we, yeah. Got, we got the white. Even Pockets looks like he's wearing the white. When you look at him in the YouTube chat, it's kind of washed out a little bit. He's got yeah, it's, it's a little gray, like a gray right. pullover, right? But I uh, hope Osher got the memo today. Mm, I'm gonna we'll see. I'm gonna yeah. say no Probably on not. that one uh, on Johnny O. But uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome in Jaguars today. Trying to get past the disappointment of consecutive losses and focus on. You know, we started out hopefully with a note of positivity yesterday. As much as what the Jags are doing. Might not give you positivity. It's what the rest of the AFC did this week that might make you go, well, you know, <laughs> we're kind of in the same boat as most, yeah. except maybe the Baltimore Ravens who are headed in an opposite direction from the pack this week. Oh, who's our opponent this week? <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's going to be tough either way. Uh, that game was going to be tough no matter if the Jags had beaten Cincinnati and Cleveland or not. So maybe a sense of desperation in the air, Tony, uh, can pull out an inspired primetime performance in front of the home crowd. Yeah, and maybe Baltimore, the one team really in the power of the AFC that didn't trip up last week, they're due. Maybe they're due, right? right and like, they, and they, I mean, they were an eyelash away from losing that game as well. So, And the Jacks have played the Ravens fairly tough. And, you know, year Always, to year, yeah. it, it seems that way, right? Yeah. Always. But the personnel changes even year to year, game yeah. to game. You know, you see it. 
Indiana. Do you think that if Miami played Denver again, they're beating them by 50 or anything close to it? Right. No. I mean, it'd probably be like a one-score game. Probably. You know, even if Miami beats them again. Most of them are. That, yeah, right, probably. most of them are, right? And then sometimes you catch a team on a day and there's just absolutely nothing you can do about it. So uh, I'm just glad to be here today. All right, I had a <laughs> little issue with my brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it started last night, and I didn't think about it. I woke up this morning. Usually the alarm goes off at about 6.40, right? So I'm, I'm up by about 7, puttering around the house, doing my stuff, getting ready to leave and, and make the drive in and all that. And so it went off today. All right, it didn't go off. I just woke up at 5.45. So I'm like, oh, yeah, head to the bathroom here and assess <clears throat> things. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I got about 50 minutes to lay back down. This is beautiful. That's like a whole sleep to me. Right? Yeah. And I lay down for nearly an hour. Woke up. My clock said 916. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold up. What is going on? And and I feel like I oversleep more mm-hmm. when I wake up within a short period of actually having to get up and I go back and I get in that deep sleep and sometimes I sleep through my alarm, but there's no alarm going off. There's nothing. And so I get up, I'm like, well, I do have the equipment. I can do the show from the house. This stinks. Hate not being able to show up for work. So mm-hmm. walk into the kitchen, and it's quarter to nine. Like, how can my clock be 30 minutes fast? And, well, regardless, if that's the real time, I can make it. Threw some clothes on, made it here, no problem. And so it dawned on me last night, I got, all, I got way too many things plugged into one adapter mm-hmm. in the wall by my bed, and I charged my iPad there, and I grabbed my iPad not realizing it was plugged in and yanked the entire adapter out of the wall. So that took the alarm clock with it. So when I plugged it back in, I'm guessing I did this at 11.30 last night. So when I plugged it back in, then it would start at 12 o'clock. And mm-hmm. as you well know, and <laughs> so that's how I would get a half an hour ahead of time. And I guess it just never dawned on me that I took down, because I was more concerned with, hey, wait a minute. I took the cable out too. Because I uh, like we route the cable through the PlayStation and all that, so I had one of those something was got like three things, way too much going on, fire hazard Dempsey, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm here, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know for for better or worse. I've By the it. way, uh, looking up some historical head-to-head franchise records for the Jags, okay, right, talking where, about where do how we well rank with Baltimore, they've played against Baltimore, their fourth best winning percentage in franchise history. It's one of six teams that they have a winning record against in Steelers. the regular season if you include postseason the list goes to nine uh because pittsburgh gets added to the list miami gets added to the the, list we need the postseason on yeah miami gets added to the and buffalo uh gets added to the list they're two and oh against buffalo in the postseason eight nine in the regular season so they have nine teams that if you include the postseason they have a winning record against that's the good news here's the kind of take it how you want to this year all right with this is their record in the regular season against these teams. Against the Browns, that's their best record. 12 and 7, a 632 winning percentage. They've lost to them. The Raiders haven't played them yet. 6 and 4, 660% winning percentage. Uh you got the Tampa Bay Bucks, they're 4 and 3 against the Bucks, 571. The Baltimore Ravens, 13 and 10, 565. New York Jets, 9 and 7, 562. And the 6th team, Cincinnati Bengals. 13 and 12, 
520 winning percentage. So two of the mm. six, and those they've are the ones that they've played, have gotten them this year. In that division. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like a bunch of teams in the – we've done well against the AFC North yes. overall. And when you're rolling Pittsburgh, because, I mean, obviously – the playoff games are much more important. So if Pittsburgh wants to crow about the regular season record, I hope Pittsburgh yeah. fans have taken the tact of let's yeah. not crow about anything after losing consecutive weeks yeah. to two you win teams. You include the postseason, the Jags have a winning record against every team in the North. All if right. you include the postseason with the Steelers. Move to the North. <laughs> okay, let's move to the North. Now, we're, we're good against the South right now. We just need to take care of our business here down the stretch. All right, Tony Smith uh, – Got my back today on the Jaguars today question of the day. So, uh, taking a look at that tone, uh, what you post up there for Yeah, us. which of these players taking a big step forward in production over the last month of the season would do the most for your confidence in the team heading into the postseason? I included Travis Etienne, Calvin Ridley, Trayvon Walker as your options there. In the right. Play. I mean, there are other people that may pertain sure. to, and I, people said, well, you know, offensive line, but which guy? on the offensive yeah. line, right? Because if you say, well, Walker Little, what if he's not even playing tackle for you? Or if you say Luke Fortner, well, what about and Brandon It's really Sharon? hard to quantify, you know, offensive linemen taking a big step forward. ETN, I think his numbers would reflect yeah. the offensive line taking a right. step that forward. Right, that yards per carry were to rise in yeah. the mid-fours. Like, I wouldn't Trevor's blame protection. people. Yeah, if you're looking at that and how you want to answer this, you can look at the individuals and say, this is the one that I'm most reliant on. Or if you wanted to look at it and say, run game, pass game, defense, if that's the way you wanted to handle it, fine. Right, and vote for whichever of those that you want to, to vote for in that situation. But I, I thought about, you know, Fortner. I thought about including him as maybe a fourth option on there, and I was like, it's just – so hard to quantify an offensive lineman taking a big step up. And I think ETN's numbers being really good over the last month would indicate that the offensive line's playing better. I wouldn't doubt. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt you're wrong. Oh, we're right. I wouldn't doubt anything you say. Uh, <laughs> all right. So there's your question of the day out there. You can vote in a one-click poll. We'll talk about that a little bit this hour. John Osher is going to be along uh, at the top of the hours. Doug Peterson is speaking at 1035 this yeah. morning. So... Uh, about 20 minutes from now, uh, Doug has any injury updates. We'll pass those along to you as soon as we have those in, uh, probably here in this first hour. And if you want to get on board today, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines, also on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Hit us up on social media at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, and at 1010XL Denmark. Oh, my pocket. Denmark made it here. Maybe I was just lulled to sleep by the pace of play yesterday, Pockets. Jeez. Oh, that could have been it, man. Might have been the slowest day. Non-tournament. Sometimes you get in one of those scramble tournaments and they take six hours. But in a just a regular afternoon of uh, of golf, may have been the slowest day I've ever seen. Yeah, and I went home and took a fat nap, so I had to reset and... That was terrible. It, uh, but terrible. Uh, at least, do you? Ha- Let me ask you, pockets. Do you have an alarm clock or do you use your phone? I use my phone. Use your phone. Do you have an alarm clock, Tony? Nope. Dang. Use the phone. Somebody hit me up on the text line. People still have alarm clocks. Yes, I do. <laughs> my my dad phone, does. I don't even keep my phone in the same room as where I sleep. That's healthy, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, so well, you can actually go to sleep. Yeah, I mean, I just you know, it's it's a way. People like once I get home, <laughs> if I don't happen to. Walk by the phone when I'm getting an alert. Like, usually the sound's off on my phone. It's plugged in. It's in another room. 
I may not see you until the next day. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes I'll walk by and check to see if I got a text, but I'm never checking to see who called me. And that's just how I am. What can I tell you? You it know, is what it is. I yeah. am set in my ways. It is a tool for my use, not yours, uh, ladies and gentlemen. All right, uh, Jaguars today, midway, trying to shake the feeling of losing off this Jacksonville Jaguar team and focus on getting some guys back healthy. Maybe we get Jamal Agnew back. This week, uh, among those who uh, Doug Peterson is hopeful will be able to suit up. Uh, Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Hey, folks, Mike Dempsey for Pella Windows and Doors. Maybe I sleep so soundly because I've got the security of having fantastic windows in my house. Thanks to Pella installing them. I broke a window. I didn't break it, but I had a broken window. Decided it was time. Replace all the windows in the house. Upgrade a little bit and... Uh, Look, Consumer Reports told me what I already knew, that Pella is the top choice for energy efficiency and stylish design. I've worked with these folks for a long time. I trust them in my house. You can too. Whether you're a homeowner replacing your windows like I was, maybe you're building a new home, or even a trade professional working with clients, I know the design experts at Pella will help with your project, and they'll get it to run smoothly and look great. Visit PellaJax.com or the Pella Showroom on Phillips Highway. That's Pella Windows and Doors. Oh, no's with Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. All right, Jaguars, today uh, we're going to get into today's question of the day and uh, debate it around a little bit here in a moment. Uh, Which of these players taking a big step forward in production over the final month of the season would do the most for your confidence in the team heading into the postseason? Is it Travis Etienne, Calvin Ridley, or Trayvon Walker? There may be others. You're welcome to reply with others. But for the purposes of this poll, out of those three choices, who do you think would give you the most confidence if they were to have a spectacular final four weeks of the season. Speaking of spectacular, uh, my son and I watched The Godfather last night. You know, he's he wants to be a screenwriter, right? Mm-hmm. So he's really into movies and or as he refers to it, film at times, and which mm-hmm. is fine. And but he wants to, you know, he's trying to expose himself to some stuff like he hated Casablanca, right? Which okay. Okay, I, I it's a that's a tough one, but okay. I love Casablanca. I'm, I'm with you, okay? and I know this, awesome. this is for, you know young people are like oh, it's so boring. What are you doing? <laughs> and maybe he's in that camp, but he wanted to watch Godfather. Uh, a coworker of ours, a cohort of ours, Tony, mm-hmm. who shall remain nameless, once watched uh, upon our recommendation the first 20 minutes of The Godfather, <gasps> declared it. This was boring. Yeah. And uh, I won't say who it was. <laughs> if that didn't and then never away. went back to it again. Never gave it a shot. Yeah. Never yeah. watched it again. Yeah. Also says the Princess Bride is one of the top five <laughs> pieces of cinema of all time. Anyway, um, that wedding was good boring. to know. My son has different tastes. Uh-huh. Uh, declared it a masterpiece and uh, absolutely loved it and because can't it wait is. to watch number yeah. two. That's awesome. Yes. So uh, very happy that. Uh, he, and now he you get to watch Godfather Part Two. Yeah, you get to watch one two, which I may like better week. than one as well. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, it's that good. But anyway, uh, all right. So um, speaking of the running game, Doug mm-hmm. Peterson was doing just that on Monday. Let's start here. He was asked at his Monday presser. Keep in mind, Doug's getting ready to speak in less than ten minutes, so we'll have some fresh audio coming your way. Uh, how do you get the struggling running game going? Obviously, you got to find ways to improve, um, possibly getting back to some of the 
some of the schemes that worked uh, earlier in the season or, you know, um, what, what helped Travis, you know, break free. Obviously, the, the injury situation, you know, in the offensive line has you know, affected that just a little bit, having that continuity up front. It's something that we, uh, we're, we're focused on, just, again, finding those schemes that have worked in our past um, and, and trying to tap back into that to, to see if we can't, you know, jumpstart the run game. It sounds like they're not sure what to do, right? I mean, it's not like they just decided, hey, let's look back at what we've done with Travis Etienne in the mm-hmm. past. They know what they've done, right? They can go back and review it. It's not like they decided in week 14, hmm, this might be an issue, right? I mean, <laughs> they got, you know, and prior to the Cincinnati game, hadn't been over four yards of carry in a month and a half and, and you know, looked like, okay, maybe we're on an upward trend at halftime of the Cleveland game. Then he carried it four times for negative seven yards in the second half of that game. So, um, but what Doug was talking about, you know, the blocking and all these different things that go into it. It's like you were talking about with the offensive line, Tone. How do you determine whether the offensive line is playing much better? Will it be reflected in Travis Etienne's numbers, in the number of pressures and hits and sacks that Trevor Lawrence sure. is taking? And so for Travis Etienne to raise his level of play or however you want to term it down the stretch, it's not just Travis Etienne. It's not like Travis Etienne's been like, Loafing at half speed yeah. out there, right? I no mean, man is an island. Correct. He yeah. needs some holes, and but then he needs to be able to take advantage of them. He needs to play with that same reckless abandon that he's often played with, where he sometimes, even foolishly, it seems like, seeks out contact, where it seems like he hasn't quite been that guy. But it's hard to know, is it him? Is he banged up? Is he still dealing with any kind of rib issue? Or is he just running into a brick wall and he can't get that momentum started? Yeah. Right? So, I mean, you look at the game by game, what's been going on, going backwards over the course of the season, 14 for 35 against Cleveland, 11 for 45 against the Bengals. It was 10 for 42 at the half. Yeah. Uh, Against Houston, 20 for 56. Tennessee, 14 for 52. San Francisco, 9 for 35. Pittsburgh, 24 for 79. New Orleans, 14 for 53. Indianapolis, 18 for 55. Buffalo, that's how far back you got to go before you look at a game where it's like, all right, it all comes together, right, for a week. 26 for 136. And Buffalo lost one of their defensive linemen. They lost Matt Milano in in the game, right? So those are significant players that you didn't have a – it's like with the Jags, right? couple weeks ago, Monteric Brown is inactive. Little do you know, you're going to have injuries that, boy, we really wish Monteric Brown right. had been active, right? right. It, it could have made a difference in the football game. Um, maybe it wouldn't have, but it, at least it might have. That possibility existed where, you know, with Buffalo, it's like maybe they had some guys that, you know, had they known they're going to be shorthanded in those areas, would have been better mm-hmm. To be active on game day, regardless. I'm not yeah. trying to take away from Travis Etienne's effort. It was a fantastic one against Buffalo. And, again, it's effort. I I should avoid using that word. I'm not suggesting he's not giving full effort. I think he is giving full effort. Mm-hmm. I, I generally think most guys give full effort. Occasionally you catch a guy loafing, and then we sometimes want to extrapolate that to this guy is a uh, whatever, and it probably happens more around the league than we know. If we yeah. watch down in, down out, the all 22 yeah. on every single snap. But I think that's more rare than fandom and the media seems to insinuate. Yeah, it's frustrating with Calvin Ridley, who we'll discuss obviously as part of the poll today, that on Sunday a couple of the interceptions that Trevor Lawrence threw, at least in part, were on 
Calvin Ridley on the interception down the sideline. Jeff Logman told us yesterday that he kind of let up on the route thinking it's not going to be to me. Right. And then had to pick it up into full gear and couldn't get there. Right. To make a play on the ball or help his quarterback to at least make that an incompletion on that play. He doesn't turn around and look on the other interception over the middle of the field. It's not that it's not that he's trying hard. It's that there are moments where you give less than 100% effort in the league. It shows up. Right. Like the ball finds you, it seems like, in those kind of moments. And a couple of them reflected really poorly for Calvin Ridley. And you mentioned injuries a moment ago, just to let everybody know, the Jags announced here about 10 minutes ago they have opened the 21 day practice window for Jamal Agnes. Yes. So, so we'll see when they get him back on the field. I'm sure Doug's going to be asked about that here in about three minutes. Yeah, in about three minutes uh, coming up. Uh, also, our South American producer, Chris Giano, is very excited because the NFL could award a 2024 next year regular season game to Brazil as soon as today. They're supposedly expanding beyond the standalone Jacksonville game that's always played in Wembley. The home game, the NFL had how many, what, four different or was it four? I think it was four this Mm -hmm. year, four international games beyond that. Jacksonville playing Buffalo was one of those, right? You had the one. And two in Germany. Two in Germany. But it was I thought it was a total of five. Was I wrong? Maybe it was three weeks in a row there in England and then the back to back in Germany, but I can't remember. I think it was something like yeah. that. I think it was four plus the one, but now they're talking about expanding to eight regular season games uh being played abroad and Brazil and Spain look to be the next countries in line to one or both acquire an international game. Mm-hmm. Um I would hope for the Jags' sake, like this could actually work to their benefit in the long term. That if everyone is having to play all these international games, the Jags at least have a routine in London. Yeah. And even if they're playing back-to-back games where they do a home and a road game back-to-back, the travel to London and the routine and where to stay and all and the logistics of it has been mapped out by them for a long time now. Yeah. Right. And like, okay, we're going to Brazil next year, and not the Jags. Like, because I don't see the Jags going anywhere but London. No. Right? And so, two teams going to play in Brazil. That's a – you're starting from zero. Right? You got to – everything that goes along with that to uh, to build a positive game day experience and, uh, you know, success and give you the best chance to win and then deal with the after effects of the travel and all that. So, the more teams that are compelled to do this – the better it levels the playing field for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, ultimately is, you know, pro football talk has been advocating for a long time and it makes tons of sense. You don't need to ship a franchise to another country, ship enough games. If every team played one game and you had 16 international games and everyone played one abroad, you could play six here, six there, a couple here, a couple there, whatever, and spread yeah. the wealth. And had the same effect. In fact, you'd end up probably getting better matchups overall probably. than you would yeah. if you just had one team that was located there. Anyway, uh, that's on the radar for today. All right, let's come back and let's debate our choices because organically, we all came up with somebody else, me, you, and Pockets, for who we would vote for in today's poll. So let's discuss that in terms of uh, one of these three guys, ETN, Ridley, or Trayvon getting hot down the stretch, giving you a confidence boost heading into the postseason. Doug Peterson stepping to the podium right now. We'll have any important comments of his uh, coming out that we'll send your way as well over the course of the next 90 minutes. John Osher at the top of the hour. 
This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Hey, folks, Mike Dempsey here for Dandy Foods. If you're hungry and on the go in Jacksonville, Florida, you know the combo. Combo is direct your car to a gate station, walk inside, and head right to the fresh case. That's it. And then your hardest decision of the day, which of the many dandy, delicious varieties you're going to choose from. It's not hard for me. I always go with the tuna salad, but I'm boring like that. You know, some people would say, I just love it. You can have a different dandy item every day of the month. And never get tired of it because Danny puts out a fantastic variety made with the highest quality ingredients, and they locally source as many of those as possible. Local, local, local. That's what Dandy is. They're a local company employing local people, putting out a local product for local people. I mean, what more could you possibly want? What is more Duval than Dandy? Nothing, I'll tell you. And if you're hungry for food on the go in Duval, and you know it's spread out, Swing into a gate station, head right to the fresh case, and you're never going to be disappointed. When you are hungry, do what I do. Go out and make yours a dandy. Do it today. Oh, no's. With Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. Johnny O at the top of the hour, uh, fresh from a Doug Peterson press conference. Got our... Here to the ground. We'll see if there's anything uh, salient that we need to pass your way uh, coming out of that. This morning, we told you that uh, Jamal Agnew, Jags announced, had been, um, they opened the practice window for him. So it's not a guarantee he'll return this week, but mm-hmm. certainly appears he's getting closer to returning, which will allow him to focus on his dual role of kickoff and punt returns. Parker Washington then to focus exclusively on playing some slot receiver yeah. for your Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, following along with John Shipley down there at the press conference, who did tweet out a few minutes ago, Doug Peterson says he thinks Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland will practice today, says he believes they are trending well. Added that Trevor Lawrence will be a full participant yes. in practice today. Trey Herndon still in the concussion protocol, but will be on the field today in some capacity. With an orange no-contact jersey, that's a pretty good indication of his availability this weekend if he's back on the field in any capacity. Yes, but Trevor, obviously, full practice, yeah. that's number one. Again, this guy and the healing properties that he possesses. I mean, seriously, you know, yeah. like I, we try not to oversell it and be drama queens about it, but we all saw it, man. He obviously was in, in acute pain as he went down in the Cincinnati game, and you're wondering, you know, again, all these things flash. Season over mm-hmm. or multiple-week absence or plays through it but is clearly hindered by it are all possibilities. And, look, they lost to Cleveland, but I don't think it was because of that. All right, no. So you got that. And then having Walker Little, Ezra Cleveland together in the lineup to start this game would – be the best possible scenario yeah. for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think. Uh, and, you know, we can all debate, does Luke Fortner need to hold down that spot? I don't think that's even a consideration in the Jags' mind right now. At least they haven't indicated that it is. But, um, you know, look, I, again, I, keep, I always come back to this. I believe the team wants to win, mm-hmm. right? And they may make decisions that run counter to what the public at large thinks what you or I may think or whatever the case may be, but I don't think they make them with bad intentions. You know, I mean, I used to hear that for years. Sean Conner doesn't want to win. He didn't care about winning. He doesn't, doesn't, doesn't want to win. Maybe he didn't know how to win. Maybe he didn't hire the right people. That I can believe. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe anybody who becomes a self-made billionaire doesn't want to win at everything. I mean, no, everything. Yeah. yeah. Like, I want to win everything. Me, personally, 
and I'm nowhere near as successful in life as Sean got, right? You know what <laughs> right, I mean? Like, yeah. I, I would have been like, yeah, I want to win, man. I don't know if I'm going to be hanging out at the docks uh, trying to attach bumpers to, to somebody's car coming in, you know. But Sean Conn made an empire out of, I'm not saying he literally had the screwdriver in his hand, but you get the idea, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's that that kind of concept. Yeah. So. yeah. Mia O'Brien, by the way, adding that Doug Peterson did say Tyson Campbell with the quad injury, Andre Sisco with the groin injury, which he apparently called tough, are day-to-day uh, for them. And as we mentioned, Trey Herndon at least expected to be on the field in some capacity. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't count on either one of them this week. And no. again, you know, look, this is a rejuvenated wide receiver core for the Baltimore Ravens, right? OBJ is rounding into form as the season goes along. Uh, Zay Flowers has been effective all season, starting to find the end zone. You know, I, I know Logs talked about Rashad Bateman yesterday. I Rashad Bateman's a guy to me. He's, he's a guy. He's a guy. Uh, but I, I, like, I'm much more concerned with Isaiah Likely and that ridiculous athleticism mm-hmm. that he has at the tight end position. Um, he's a freak, and of course, you got Lamar himself. But you know, look, you may think, oh, the Ravens. You know, you think in your mind, oh, his team wants to ground and pound you and all that. But Lamar is having his most prolific passing season in terms of yardage by far. He's going to blow past his career mark. Uh, for yardage, so this is a slightly different uh, type Ravens attack under Todd Munkin's offensive coordinator um, expertise. Of course, the uh, former Jaguars wide receiver coach from back in the day. All right, let's... they are still leading the league in rushing. Uh, look, yeah, a lot of that though has to do with the quarterback for sure, right? I mean, that, and yes, they are an effective rushing team. Yeah, but I don't think of Baltimore anymore as line up and just grind you into submission. Not as I think much. they're a no. lot more dynamic. And, you know, there are running games that do that to you. Like, over the years, Tennessee and Derrick Henry, they wear on you. You know, I, I yeah, Gus they're, Edwards doesn't wear on you, I yeah. don't think. It's kind of Mitchell's a, a quick strike guy. It's kind of a weird kind of space thing, right? Because the Baltimore Ravens, you look at it, they're 19th in the league in passing. Per game, which is a big improvement compared to where they typically are. Right. Well, right? And that's the thing, right? Compared right. to what they're usually. Right. Like compared to the league, they're an average passing offense. That's that's what Baltimore has. They are a much improved passing offense this year compared to where they typically are. But they are still the best running team in football. And a lot of that does have to do with their quarterback can take off at any time and really hurt you. That has a big impact on it's those things. the leading things. quarterback rusher in the league, right. as and you would expect. So they are tough to get ready for because the passing game is more effective than it typically is in a Ravens offense. But it's not great. It's better than it typically Correct. is. Correct. But, uh, you know, in years past, if you had the Ravens on the schedule and you said, which team could you most afford to have your number one cornerback out against? Baltimore. Be Baltimore, right? Yeah. But now I, I feel like OBJ he is getting better. Is yeah. getting to the point where – it's not a great time to have Tyson Campbell potentially not playing mm-hmm. and you're starting free safety who I think is even more iffy. You know, it's it's not hard to read the tea leaves and what Doug Peterson is hinting at no, in terms yeah. of Andre Sisco's potential lack of avail- availability this week. All right, let's get to our three uh, votes here on the question of the day. So, Pockets, why don't you fire up today's 10-10 take? 10-10 take. Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by JNM Roofing Jacksonville, your storm restoration specialists. All right, first, uh, here's a text or a tweet, I'm sorry, from uh, Bush Drive Rich, uh, who's a frequent uh, communicator with the program. He says, We're getting all we can from BRT, Bull Russian Trayvon. 
Okay. <laughs> Calvin can't remember the routes. Travis is the obvious choice. The choice being which of these guys having a big final month would give you the most confidence boost heading into the postseason. If we had a healthy ATN, it would be a no-brainer. Again, I don't think that's how you're looking at this question or yeah. how you should look at this question. It's, okay, you may think you're getting all you can, but which of these guys, if they had a, a performance that's above and beyond what they've shown you to this point, would make you go, oh, wow, we got that potentially now. You know, mm -hmm. So for me, I did vote for Trayvon mm -hmm. in this because I do think that you know he has spurts. Like, keep in mind, prior to this game, he had three straight games with a half sack. That doesn't sound like much, but if you're a pass rusher and you get a sack and a couple of tackles in a game, I mean, a lot of guys are in that category. Those guys do not put up monster tackle numbers. He is generally stronger against the run mm -hmm. than a lot of, quote, pass rushers are in the National Football League. But you go through a game even when he gets a half sack, it's like, well, did Josh Allen create that? Did, you know, did Trayvon get there kind of at the same time? Whatever the, the case may be, um, I don't feel his impact throughout 60 minutes of football mm -hmm. as much. And so if he could be a guy in the final four games that had like, let's say, five sacks and a couple of turnover-causing plays, I'd say, all right, you know what? Now we've got something that every quarterback in the league is going to have to worry about. we got a two-headed pass rush mm -hmm. attack with Allen and Trayvon. So for me, I'm not expecting those numbers in the final four, but if I got them, that would give me the bigger boost, I think, than anything Calvin Ridley – or Travis Etienne could do, because I've seen them play at a high level. And I get it. They haven't sustained it this year, but I still have confidence that they can pull those performances out. You felt differently, though. I did. I, at, To some degree, it's splitting hairs here. They need all three to play better than they've been playing recently, right, for them to have success at the level that we want them to have coming down the stretch. For me, it came down to, in my mind's eye, I can remember – Calvin Ridley not making the touchdown catch against Kansas City, they lose 17-9. Calvin Ridley not making the touchdown catch early against Houston, they lose that game big. That game, I think, goes completely differently if he just catches the ball that hits his hands early in that football game. I can't get the image of him with the two of the three interceptions that Trevor Lawrence had this week being to some, if not a large degree, on Calvin Ridley just not doing his job on particular plays, and that's just three right, of the losses, but that's three of the five that I can can correlate to this is what Calvin Ridley didn't do in a game where he had opportunities to make plays that have led to losses for this football team. I think if you get good Calvin Ridley for the last month of the season, I think it is a really, really helpful thing for the entire offense because he's a guy that with what they with, – with Christian Kirk not being in the offense – we know Calvin Ridley's going to be the guy that's going to have to get 8, 10, 12 targets a game. That's what he has to be in the passing offense right now. We can't afford to have any more. Where's he at this week? Right? Like, we can't afford to have another week like that. If he's giving you the kind of production we saw at times, right, it's come in fits and starts for the most part this season. But if you get that dude for the last month of the season, I think the offense is healthy. Well, a plurality of the voters agree with you so far, right? No majority here, but 46% going with Calvin Ridley. He is receiving the most votes. Pockets, you uh, felt differently than both uh, Tony and myself. Yeah, I thought ETN just because I think if ETN's good, it's because the offensive line's good. I think it's that simple. And 
we're in December and you're trying to make a playoff run, even to win a game, I still think you have to – you can't rely on just Trevor Lawrence just dropping back and throwing whatever 40, 45 passes. You have to be able to run the ball somewhat effectively. I think. I, look, sure. I don't disagree. And I, again, I think all these are, are valid. Close. It's a good question, yeah. right? So it's, uh, you know, and there's no wrong answer because it's how it makes you feel, which would give you the most confidence. I can't tell you to have more confidence. I'm just saying for me, it would be Trayvon. For Tony, it would be Calvin Ridley. For Pockets, it would be ETN. And, you know, I, I hope all of them yeah. <laughs> do this, right? And And I'll be excited for any of them if they give us that kind of home stretch with the hope that they're going to carry that into the postseason. By the way, talking about Trevor Lawrence's healing properties or seemingly, um, you know, uh, above normal mm-hmm. healing properties on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures in all caps. It's that prehistoric saber-toothed tiger terror wreck of blood. <laughs> it may in fact be, right? Yeah. I mean, who else has got that terror wreck or super cat blood other than T-Law himself mm-hmm. running through his veins? So, you know what? Whatever it is, Trev, uh, you keep doing you. How no about doubt. this? First of all, let's avoid injury to Trevor Lawrence to start with. But, uh, you know, maybe if somebody else gets nicked up, get an infusion. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Get these guys back on the field <laughs> a little bit sooner. All right. Uh, Johnny O is going to give us an infusion of Jaguar commentary in hour number two. Fresh off uh, Doug Peterson press conference this morning where Trevor Lawrence, uh, he told us, is going to practice in full Today, and it's looking good to have Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland uh, trending in the right direction. Jamal Agnew's practice window is opened up, so they've got a few weeks to decide whether to activate him or not, but he's ready to go. Sooner the better, mm-hmm. uh, as far as I'm concerned. You're listening to Jaguars today, halfway home on this Wednesday on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Nobody knows the Jags like Johnny O. Oh, no. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. Our boy, Johnny O, is back again. I'm trying to figure out every week it's something different with uh, like the intro music for you, John. What do you think about this one? I'm fresh. You're, is your mic on? Is his mic on their pocket? Say it again. I'm fresh. Okay, now uh, When people look at me, say, funky fresh. They say that guy's funky fresh. Mm. Didn't get the memo on the whiteout, huh? I did not. We it, didn't send one. Yeah. So that's. If I had been, I'd be like super funky. I fresh. see you've got like a, is that a white t-shirt? Like several layers down or? or? Uh, one layer down. Only one, two oh, layers. Just one layer uh, down. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's a white, uh, it's a fashionable t-shirt is it a fancy one no it's not is it like a hanes right out of it's, three pack it's it's somewhere between fancy and hanes okay i used to be all about the hanes and now i'm like all about the uh compression shirts because the older you get it holds everything together a little bit better yeah i John? yeah it, this is it's what i do in a way it's what you got you, you, you know what you, you wear you wear a, a baggy hoodie and it doesn't really matter yeah. at that point in time uh, all right so uh let's jump into uh what you heard from doug peterson this morning uh, continued communications about the lack of clean communication, right, for this yeah. football team. Yeah, it, and it was interesting in how much time he spent on it, and he was saying some interesting things. The media kind of went back to it a few times. Uh, I think it 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 speaks to how much he thinks that that's really why the last couple of games have been the difference, and, it, and that's sort of the difference in teams that win this time of year and teams that don't, and – uh, I think he's a little frustrated at that, that these two games that were there for the taking, that they could have won despite some dif- some difficult circumstances, were there 
or uh, were lost because of avoidable mistakes. And uh, while that's usually how games are decided between competitive good teams late in the season, uh, he knows that that's the edge you have to walk and that's what you have to do. And he knows that they're going to have to do that going forward. So that's the it's clearly the point emphasis this week, both offensively and defensively. And I think he's more concerned about that than anything physical, matchup, all that other stuff. That's his focus. Tony and I talk a lot about whatever problems you see with your team that you are interested in. I'm talking about whether that's us in the media, right. the, the fans, whatever. It's because we see them every day, exactly. right? We focus in on them every and this day. This weekend really showed that, didn't and, it? And there's a yeah. lot of probably communication issues that happen that lead to busted plays and things like that around right. the NFL. But I'm not worried about those other 31 sure. teams, right? So yeah. for this team, is this particular issue more glaring than you can remember it being this late in the season? Yeah, it's hard. Probably the reality is they probably had some of this last year and won the games. So you're not talking about it as right. much. Does that make sense? And yeah. that that is absolute look outcomes, right? Like yeah. if, if when they went for it with three thirty four on the clock on right. fourth and three, if they make it, you feel differently about sure. it. I, I still thought it was the wrong decision either way, but if you make it, you go, well, right. gotta hand it to Doug Peterson for being aggressive. And if the the interception to Ridley, not in the red zone, but close to the or when we were throwing to Calvin from the twenty four, mm-hmm. If the defender doesn't catch it, you're not really talking about it. As much, right. Yeah. You're like, right. It's like, oh, man, remember that one? Oh, that's right. They almost they had a near interception yeah. on that. So probably there's been versions of it all season. There's probably been breaks in the, in the defense that the other quarterback didn't see. On Sunday, three big breaks in the defense, meaning missed assignments or, you know, going the wrong way, biting, bit him. And so you're – so we're talking about it, but we're talking about it because that's what cost them the game. So we have to talk about it. Yeah, of course, if the defender doesn't catch that one, he may get cut on the spot. I mean, he got hit <laughs> in the chest with the uh, the target, right? I mean, yeah, it was kind of low. I mean, it it could have. I mean, I thought it was a good play by the friend, but yet I didn't I think it was. Saying. I didn't yeah. think it was that difficult to play. But anyway, yeah. regardless, I'm being you know sure a little, a little uh, facetious there. But if it had been you know, if the defender drops it, then they were right. not talking no, about I, it. As I, much. I hear what you're saying, and uh. So probably there are – I doubt they have played a clean game all season communication-wise because you usually don't, and they've been glaring because they've cost them dearly the last couple of weeks. There are no moral victories in the NFL and all this stuff, no. right? But there, there is something to how you perform maybe being an indicator of what your future performance will be, right? So, And we were just talking about this as you came in before you came on the air that, you know – here you are against Cleveland and Cincinnati, two teams that feel like they're still in the hunt. Keep in mind, Cincinnati was a Super Bowl contending team right. in a lot of people's minds. They did lose their quarterback, but yeah. still had a Super Bowl contending roster. Cleveland was expected to be a playoff team by a lot of people. Right. Strength of their team is their defense in the running game. Yes, they lost their quarterback, but he wasn't playing at a Pro Bowl level anyway. So you you played two teams that are in the mix, and you played them close, mm-hmm. right? Like, and you go out and look like Miami loses to Tennessee, and Tennessee's not in the mix, right? right? And they're in a similar circumstance. Tennessee's beat up, and da-da-da. And they go into Miami and win in a primetime game when they know that they're in play for the number one seed as well, right? For the second consecutive week, a Monday night AFC team 
right there on the brink of, of being yeah. at the top fell apart. Houston got destroyed yeah. by a mediocre at best Jets team. And the Colts kind of got – They got their butts handed to them too this By the week. same Cincinnati team the Jaguars almost beat. So Right. So it's like and, – and again – the L is the L. Sure. That's the bottom mm-hmm. line in the state. So it's there's no – we always talk about this is not college. You don't get to vote on the quality right. of the loss and all that kind of stuff. But if it is an indicator that, okay, this is how we played against them, this is how they played against them. You know, we go back to week uh, – week was it five they played Buffalo? It was four. Mm-hmm. It was Atlanta, yeah, it was five, five Buffalo. Week four, Miami's losing to Buffalo by 28 points. Right. And the Jags beat them the very next week. Right. That same team the Jags beat. Just beat the Chiefs to, to thrust themselves back in the playoff conversation. And maybe that's where Doug is a little bit of, hey, hey we're close and could have won if not for a few focus, concentration, communication, whatever those key mistakes are. And he knows from experience that those are what win or lose you in the NFL. Yeah. It, it's usually not ability – absolute, this guy can never block this guy. It It's about how you execute on key plays. I think he talked Monday about, uh, or some coach, I think it was Doug, you never know where those plays are going to be, but there's four or five plays a game that, that win you the game. And the Jaguars, you know, the other day, four turnovers on offense and three gift touchdowns. And guess what? One of the turnovers on offense led to a 22-yard drive. Mm-hmm. I, I've been saying all week, the Browns are pretty good at home. The Jaguars made it really easy for them at home. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. So in that sense, it's like Mike just said, it it's almost hard to believe they were that close considering what you gave away. Yeah. It felt like week three, the issues they were having on defense, which were very similar to what happened Sunday against Cleveland, right? Where it's just communication stuff. Right. We're not getting everything set up the way we want to have right, it week set three up. Was Houston. Got right. You, it got felt you. like that kind of slapped him awake. Like after that game, they go, they beat Atlanta, they beat Buffalo, they get on that run, and it's like, okay, they're done with that. Whatever yeah. that was, that was a one-off. It's not happening again. And here in the last couple of weeks, it's rearing its head again. It's like, why was that an issue week three and not an issue for the eight weeks yeah. in between? Like it's just hard to explain those things, and you can understand – Fans getting really frustrated that it's showing back up, and now we're turning the calendar to December. Yeah, I think part of it is it's hard for teams, any team, much like Miami. I'm sure Miami's fans are sitting there saying, how could you lose to Tennessee for the same reasons? Oh, I know. I guarantee they're saying, well, if we had Tyreek Hill for the whole game, it would have been a different story, and maybe it would have been. Yeah, but but there's a faction of fans that are quitting on him, too. I mean, Could be. Could be. But um, I think it's some of it the other day felt like, Browns are such a good running team, and they bit on a couple of play actions mm-hmm. where you assumed that they were going to be running that situation. Maybe they focused so much on the run that that got in heads. Who knows? Um, I think it's it's hard, uh, and the great teams do it, and this is why this team's not a great team yet. It's hard to be consistent 17 times in this league against other professional teams, and, and, and it doesn't excuse it. But I think that's I think it's what happened. They probably dipped a little bit on those concentration things. I would expect those to be fixed this week because usually you bounce back from that sort of thing and and focus on that area. Now the problem the last couple of weeks is that different areas bit them. So what do you whack a mole leave open? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, it 
I think they're a good run defense. They've been most of the season. I don't think they give them a lot of big plays. They've been a good turnover team. All those things should help them against Baltimore as long as they play that way. All right, Johnny O is here, senior writer from Jaguars.com, taking a midweek look at where the Jags are trying to bounce back from consecutive losses for only the second time this year. Of course, last time they did that, they won five in a row. Uh, put me in the divisional round of the playoffs right now. <laughs> I'll take five in a row yeah. at this point in time. You know, and, and that's a very possible run. If you win Sunday, that well, run is possible. That's an if, right? It's a big sure. if uh, on Sunday. I mean, obviously, the most uh, you know, huge, yeah, uh, on paper, easily the toughest matchup you have. I'm just gonna say, don't sleep on that Bucks team right now, who are playing desperate football, yeah. trying to play their way into the postseason as well. All right, but that's uh, not our concern this week. Johnny O is here. If you want to get in with your questions and comments, six four one ten ten on the All Pro Roofing phone lines. With Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark, I'm Mike Dempsey. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. His name is John Osher. Oh, knows. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. Got uh, almost 400 votes on today's question of the day. We'll get John Osher's take coming up. Which of these uh, players that we gave you the option of choosing from if they took a big step forward in production over the last month, would do the most for your confidence in the Jags heading into the postseason? Travis Etienne, Calvin Ridley, Trayvon Walker. Uh, Ridley right now with 47%, Walker 34 Etienne about 18 and a half. Uh, and still time for you to vote if you haven't already. Uh, uh, you can do that at uh, 1010XL Fat Tony. He put out the post this morning. I retweeted it so you can find it out there on social media and uh, let us know your thoughts on that one, uh, before we get John Osier's opinion on that, let's let Tony Smith take you around the National Football League. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. The Baltimore Ravens have signed quarterback Malik Cunningham off of the New England Patriots practice squad to their active roster. Ravens wide receiver Devin DuVernay suffered a back injury on Sunday. He's been placed on injured reserve. He will not need surgery, could still be back for the playoffs there for the Ravens. Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert underwent surgery for the index finger on his throwing hand on Tuesday. He will miss the remainder of the season. Miami wide receiver Tyreek Hill is considered day-to-day with an ankle injury that he suffered on Monday Night Football. Dolphin center Connor Williams is out for the rest of the year with a torn ACL, and Miami is signing free agent linebacker Melvin Ingram. The Los Angeles Rams have placed tight end Hunter Long on injured reserve as well with a torn ACL suffered Sunday. Yes, the Melvin Ingram signing brought along a fresh round of consternation from Jaguar fans on social media, uh, brought up all the feelings about why haven't we signed a pass rusher? Uh, Pretty much at this point, it's evident they're not going to, mm-hmm. right? They got their addition in Dwan Smoot. They're going to go with what they've got, right or wrong. We can judge it, but, you know, the whole fresh – I get – look, you're fan, you're express your opinion, all right? But there's been a lot of, like, this week, I feel like Jaguar fans are almost – some of them, some, are in look-ahead mode right now, right? We got a oh, lot yeah. of, like, like, do we need to sign Calvin Ridley this offseason? Let's worry. Let's see how the, right. the season's I've got not done. Many, many questions about. Well, look, the season's over. What would you do? Right, and, it's not over. It, it's or, or uh, one phrasing. And I'm not picking on the reader. It's just the way he phrased it. Um, where do we go from here? 
Well, <laughs> we go back go, to the stadium on Sunday night and you play the Ravens. That's right. where we go. You go and you try to win three of the last four games to get in the postseason and see what happens. Like, Bro, where do you go from here? Do you ha- play a season out that you might be division champions two years in a row for the first time in 25 years? You've been <laughs> on the show for a decade with us, right? I mean, how many times at this point have we gone, we're not going to talk about that because the Jags still, if 17 things happen this week, are still mathematically alive many, many to make a wild card spot. Many, many shows you were saying, I will not talk about mock drafts while you were looking at a mock draft. I would be looking <laughs> at them, but I wouldn't be talking about them, okay? And don't don't get me wrong. I look at them now. Oh, sure. Right? Sure. I want to say, well, I, I love mock drafts. Yeah. I love the whole thing about mock drafts. And, and, and even if it's not your team at the top, it's better if it's not your team at the top. But I still look at them. Oh, sure. what do they see the Jags? needing in the first round, right? And it, it's just interesting to sure. me, you know, And but we don't make a thing of it because mm-hmm. that's not where we are. Instead, we're in first place. Right. And if we lose this week, we'll still be in first place. Right. No yeah. matter what happens, you got the tiebreakers. You right. will be in first place come next Monday. Yeah, and this is what, this is what contending in the NFL usually is. There's some years where you sort of cruise in December and you're like uh, Philadelphia last year. Remember, you you sort of knew they were number one seed. They were going, you know. But most times that you're contending for the postseason, there's hiccups late. You surge. You try. This is what this is what you've waited for for ten years. Was this this is supposed to be fun? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. And yeah. I agree, Tim. So the the ship has sailed on them adding another pass rusher to the room, right? Like they've they've made it very clear what their intentions are in that regard. They could have done something at the trade deadline, they didn't. They could have done something in this offseason, they didn't. They could have done something in the draft, they didn't. Right? They are relying on Smoot and these guys getting back. So, John, I'll ask, will they get anything out of Devon Hamilton between now and the end of the year? Yeah. I think there's a chance um, because you would think that he would improve physically each week. Uh, I don't, I don't know that to be true. I can't, but I think there is a chance that you would get more out of him. I also think that once uh, Fadakasi gets back, if Devon Hamilton improves alongside of him, you could be stouter on the interior than you've been. I, I don't. I don't know how else to answer it other than there's a chance. Right. We we, we just can't know. Right. right? Uh, um, from everything you hear, Devon Hamilton, like if they were to put him through a, a workout, you'd be like, oh, he's hitting all the metrics. Like right. the strength seems to be there. So there's some some disconnect in him, his ability to get the best out of himself yeah, right now. I think it's more uh, out for so long. Could be. Maybe not quite confident in it enough to Could be, be playing instinctively. Uh, to be back to where you were, where you hadn't had training camp, you had, or, or you missed so much. So, but by the way, when I said, talk about the look ahead, the reason I kind of tied that into Melvin Ingram, and I didn't really finish the thought, is because you're seeing a lot of the got to fire bulky, 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 bulky. You know, that's heating up right. again. It's like, just think for a second. Let's say the Jags somehow, by some miracle, and I'm being sarcastic here, some miracle, hold off the Colts and the Texans and win the division for. The second consecutive year, make the playoffs for the second consecutive year for the first time since the 1990s. Do you think that they're firing their general manager under that circumstance? No. I do not. And pulling back, if you're not a Jaguars fan and you're sort of looking at it objectively, they're the clear favorites to win the division still. 
still. Now, yes. I understand they have to play, but, you know, oh, you can't play like you have last week. I get that. But on paper— Neither can the Texans. Right. That's the point. I, I would say, objectively speaking, they're significant favorites to win the division still. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, and again, you don't have to have a 10,000-foot view of what's going on because you're a fan. You're in the midst of it, and that's right. fine. And I, I'm just— I think people are setting themselves up for massive disappointment if they think there's going to be this, you know, this front office changeover if the Jags do, in fact, win the division for the second straight year. AFC uh, South champs back-to-back years? I'd be very surprised if there's – I mean, you hear the same thing about coaching, coordinator. I'd be surprised if there's a change of direction at all if they go 10-7, and 11-6, win the division. So when you say that – I interpret. I'm hearing from you. Coordinators would be safe. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. No. 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 And I know. I I think you were making that clear. I just want to put sure a fine point on. Absolutely, that's what I meant. Yes. And and so and and that's what you're going to hear. Caldwell needs to lose his job. Press Taylor needs to lose his job. Uh, You know, everybody needs to lose their job. Trent Baalke. And and, and, look, I get. I'm not saying these any of these guys are perfect. Right. Right. But again, where they are compared to where they need to be, they're still in a pretty good spot yeah. here. It's not like they lost 30-3 to the last two weeks. And the question, I mean, obviously the Press-Taylor topic has been unbelievable all year. I've, I've gotten more and more this week. Press, 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 press. They've scored more points in the last two games than any two-game stretch all season. Now, I get that they haven't been. Yeah, th- this week it felt like but circumstantial. It did, but – with the quarterback out, with everything going on, they still. You know, I understand. So, I, the bottom line, it the points yeah. are what matters. But sure. I, no, do, I know. you know, we look at it like at that. Boy, they really went toe to toe with Cleveland. Well, thank you, defense, for creating some turnovers sure. of your own yeah. because the the offense no was doubt. giving it away. And you know, when it was fourteen to nothing, I'll be honest with you, I, I I walked out of the studio, went to the bathroom, I came back, it's fourteen to seven, and and Cleveland had had the ball, and I'm like. What right. what the hell just happened? Right, like it, it do was I need a weird to keep game. leaving the room? Tone wise, I I kept thinking that this thing's going to be ugly. This thing's going to be ugly. Five or six different times, I thought it was going to be ugly, and then all of a sudden, with with four minutes to go, you got the ball with a chance to tie, and it was a weird game on that front. They continually had their chances. Yeah, uh, they they fought, you yeah. know, and uh, it didn't work out. Look. Are they a perfect team? No. Am I saying they should be considered a Super Bowl favorite or even a likely Super Bowl team? No. Not saying any of those things. I'm just saying a little perspective, right? right on that, and I think a lot of Jaguar fans do. Uh, you know, we the negative is what you focus on a lot of times, right? The the negative people are the loudest people quite often, and you know there are a lot there are not as many, but there are people going, "Hey, man, look, we're first place. I am enjoying this, and yeah, I'm disappointed with the losses, but." Let's see what happens in the last month of the season. So there's a lot of that out there as well. All right, let's take our final timeout. We'll come back. We will get uh, let John uh, weigh in on today's question of the day. Which of these three uh, going off in the final month would give you the biggest confidence boost for the Jags in the playoffs? Travis Etienne, Calvin Ridley, or Trayvon Walker? Up over 400 votes on that now. So if you haven't already, uh, check in on social media and let your voice be heard. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Knows. Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Very explosive. 
high energy player, uh, you know, great football player, great quarterback. And one of the things he's doing, you know, this year I think was really a point of emphasis for them. Obviously, throwing the ball a little bit more from the pocket, and he's, he's done a nice job with that. That's Doug uh, Peterson. Let's call him Doug Lawrence. Did you Doug hear Lawrence. it? It was like that close coming out. Doug Lawrence. Uh, by the way, Shad never adopted me. I'm not above Trevor adopted me. I, you know, like if Trevor and Marissa want a, a, a kid that they don't need to really even do anything with, but it'd be a weird off to the side. Just need a little allowance is all. But I don't <laughs> need I don't need any parental guidance or anything like that. I promise not to embarrass you too much, if possible. Anyway, uh, Doug Peterson talking about Lamar Jackson improving as a pocket passer. I think Todd Munkin's offense, which you know replaced Greg Roman's very RPO heavy. Mm-hmm. Not that they don't. Use RPO with Lamar Jackson. You're always going to sure. do that, but he's throwing more. It's it's opened up pocket, more. Yep. He has better wide receivers than he's ever had. Even with the loss of Mark Andrews, they had a reasonable replacement in Isaiah Likely, who's a, a good dynamic player at that position. Tony and I were talking about how good Baltimore is running the football mm-hmm. and how it doesn't feel anymore like they just want to bludgeon you at the run game. Tony pointed out, well, they're number one in the league in rushing still, but I look in comparison to the Jags, right? Uh, top two rushers for the Jags. Uh, at the running back position, Etienne and Dearness Johnson have 908 yards between them, right? Heavily till 800 of those belong to Travis Etienne, right? Top two running backs for the Ravens, Gus Edwards and Keaton Mitchell, have 928 yards. So you're, you're talking about one decent run right. difference, right, over the course of the whole season. I haven't looked. What does Lamar have? Lamar's got 644, right? Trevor's got 259, so about 400-yard advantage, and then you get down to the end, and Justice Hill's at 290. That's where it really falls off for the Jacks. They've got nobody else contributing right. beyond the top two backs right. of any significant amount. And here. Lamar's running is still what makes that running offense special. It, it, right. It, it, it helps. It benefits the running backs. When you get to the mesh point of an RPO, you got to respect that right. Lamar may pull that and, and, and take it. He probably gives you – Two dynamic plays every three games in it. You, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah. Where it's a 25 yard. Third and 14, he gets 17. Right. And that's huge. He, he's he's a weapon in that. Bro, in that all I'm going to say is wrap this son of a gun up. Yeah. Because I've seen too many times. Lamar will be in the pocket, literally have defenders like leaning on him. Yeah. He's just in, and you're like, they got, they got him, they got him. And everyone's just, it's like with Barry Sanders. You don't want to go for the kill shot because you don't want to be embarrassed. Right. Right. On national TV. Yeah. Well, you don't have to go for the kill shot. <laughs> get yeah. your hands on him. He's going to get his, but it seems to me the Jaguars are better at that controlled type rush and against mobile quarterbacks than they were a few years back. Mahomes didn't really kill him with that. Uh, I think the, I think they match up okay on that. That's not to say he's not going to have some success, but I, I don't think he wins the game doing that. All right, before, uh, John, excuse me, before we get back to a few more from Doug Peterson, I just sure. before we run out of time, let's let you weigh in on today's question of the day, and then we'll uh, hear a few more cuts. You'll hear more from Doug Peterson throughout the afternoon. Spoke uh, just about an hour ago down at uh, Everbank. Uh, which of these players taking a big step forward in production over the last month of the season would do the most for your confidence in the team heading into the postseason? ETN, Ridley, Trayvon Walker, who is it for you? Yeah, I'm going to go pretty clearly with uh, Travis Etienne only because I think that would um, help in so many situations, meaning it would make you a better short yardage offense team. It would make you a more consistent offense team. 
and it would it would certainly open up the passing game more if defenses had to respect at all. I don't I think that's some of why they're able to rush the passer some is because you really don't worry about the Jaguars running game, especially on the interior. So uh, that inability to run well and run when they want to run to me is what's causing most of the most of the inconsistency on offense. Tony voted for Calvin Ridley. He's got 48% of uh, over 400 votes right now. I voted for Trayvon Walker, pulling in 33% of the vote. And uh, John and Pockets, both going with Travis Etienne. He's got 19% right now. Bottom line, we like all these guys no to take a major <laughs> step yeah. forward in production. And they're not the only ones, right? And that was the question. Uh, and I think all answers uh, – I, I think there's all these guys for sure. various reasons you can make a case for, and we tried to do that here this morning. All right, uh, Doug – Peterson speaking, uh, and John was down in attendance, said uh, he is, yes, frustrated by a lack of focus that we've seen or a lack of good communication or however you want to term it defensively in recent weeks. It's interesting because, you know, lack of focus, um, I just think sometimes it's it, it kind of – I know one thing, you, you, it, it, this, at this level, this, this game, where we are this late – um, we've played a lot of football, obviously, and um, you know those things just just can't they can't happen, obviously, and, and it really just does does come down to those guys just talking, right, and just having conversation on the field, just staying locked into the game plan. Uh, John, this is a very hesitating answer from Doug Peterson, and we were discussing on the break that Doug won't necessarily just rush off the cuff right and, and you felt like this is one him trying to make sure he carefully chose his words uh, well, in this instance yeah when you're talking about focus concentration communication you gotta make sure you word it properly and I think he he waited a second to see what he wanted to say uh and when you're the head coach and everything is broadcast live if 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 you say one thing you don't want to say or misword it, it can be misinterpreted. So I think he just wanted to make clear, look, uh, it's not that these guys aren't smart football players. It's not that they're not preparing generally. They just need to be a little more consistent and do it at a, at a higher level, maybe with a little more urgency. So I think there's a fine line there. Well, part of that is, uh, you know, the coaching staff needing to impress upon them the importance sure. of this and, and, finding a way to get better results, whatever yeah. the, the case may be. And you could say, well, you know, players got to play. Well, it's a symbiotic relationship. And uh, Doug Peterson acknowledged that he has challenged his coaches on these communication issues. I challenge the coaching staff, you know, really to listen in practice, right? Listen to the, to the communication, make sure that the guys are communicating. Um, and, you know, it carries from today, tomorrow, obviously carries through the game. We keep communicating with our players to communicate during the game, you know, and, and uh, we know that that's, a, that's been a big reason why, you know, we've had some breakdowns, you know, in our game last couple of weeks. Doug did seem to indicate, because I'm on a first-name basis with him, uh, Doug did seem to indicate on Monday that he might have shown up a little bit in practice last week, right? Oh, it, exactly what he said. He said there were issues on that front with uh, – Pre-snap stuff, which is concentration stuff, uh, on in practice last week, and he said, you know, you you practice how you play, and 
I'm sure the coaches addressed it when it was happening. Right. That's got to be distressing, though, yeah. man. Like, and, you know, you're like, man, we just went through this the very week before. Right. You would think, if anything, you're going to be so sharp right. in practice. And you mentally. say, well, why don't you fix it, Doug? Well, you you see it happen and you say. You stop. Right. This is not acceptable. You right. should go through. Let's wrap it again. Right. And so I'm sure they didn't and, ignore it. But right. It shows exactly. That, you, know, you know, why aren't they fixing this? Well, right. I, I'm sure they're trying to. Right. Right. I still have, honestly, I really do. And Doug Peterson, I've got total confidence. Mm-hmm. Right. Doesn't mean he's going to make every decision right, but I have, he has earned, in my opinion, my trust. Sure. In that, you. you know, his A, he won a Super Bowl, right? He did it with a backup quarterback. He came in here, won a division title right out of the gates, and told you all along when they were starting two and seven last year, we really believe. And you're like, I don't know. Do you right. really believe? But he kept that team believing. I don't doubt that they feel the same way now, that if we, they could get that breakthrough, if they could win Sunday against yeah. this team in these circumstances where it feels like, whether it's reality or not, it feels like things are slipping away. Sure. It's going to put a completely new boost of energy and adrenaline in this entire city. Yeah. And they just got to win. It's interesting. I had forgotten when the Jags beat the Ravens last year, the Ravens came in on a four game winning streak. Mm-hmm. That was a hot team. And I, I don't want to say they were as perceived as being as good as they are now. But they were not a bad Ravens team this team beat. They fell apart after that once Lamar got hurt. I would rather them come in off a walk-off overtime win than the opposite. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, uh, hey, oh, the Jags are struggling. Yeah. We're, we're riding sure. high. One seven of eight. You go right ahead. Um, one, one last one quickly before we walk up in XL primetime. Uh, Doug Peterson and his confidence level that the coaches can get things resolved. My confidence level is fine. I, you know, I trust the coaching staff. Like I said, it starts there. I trust the coaches to make sure that they're, you know, making sure our guys are prepared, turning over every stone, taking it from the practice field into the post-practice meetings, you know, and then picking up the next day, you know, kind of where they left off. So confidence is still is still high. I mean, you know, it's our job. Our jobs are to make sure that they're they're prepared mentally. My job is also to make sure they're they're ready to go physically, you know, as well. So a little bit of a trade-off, but. Um, a lot of confidence in the staff and, and the players to get it done. Do your jobs collectively. All right. Uh, that'll wrap up our time today. Let's welcome an XL primetime. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, Skinny Matt, I call him. Skinny Matt Hayes uh, joining us now. Ozone in the, in the studio. Yeah. Skinny Matt. Skinny Matt, like the Awaken that. 180 guy like me, man. He's he's doing awesome, man. Yeah. I hear your spots and congratulations. Yeah, Ozone's, you know, I, I, Matt may not I miss Ozone. join us many Wednesdays <laughs> here at Crosstalk because Ozone's only been doing this for 10 years. You know, every Matt Wednesday? Go back every Wednesday. Years, you know. yeah, well, it hasn't always been Wednesday, but just for the last, I don't know, six or seven years probably mm-hmm. has been Wednesday. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, it used to be Monday. They got yeah. kicked off Monday. Yeah, we got so. killed. We were like, that's not good. We just can't. No. Is no. it possible I just haven't seen you around the office? Is that what it is? Could be. Could be. Don't, don't, maybe Wednesday's not your day to come yeah. in and chat with the There's fellows. a Florida Times Union high school sports writer. He, he just seemed very surprised <laughs> to, to see you here. I was. Like, oh, Leon Searcy yeah. on XL Prime Time in studio today? Yeah. Yeah. Check that out. Uh, <laughs> Matt, uh, what is coming up on XL Prime Time today? Uh, we are uh, we, usually, typically on Wednesdays, we give you our top fives and a fun college. But because the college team is done, 
We're going to go top five NFL and top five college games of the year. We're also going to talk, of course, Jags. Mm. Well, I, I, how about top has five to uh, transfer pro, uh, portal quarterbacks? <laughs> That'd be a good one. Why is Florida State going after DJ Uyunglele? That's uh, what I, I don't get that. I just don't get it. Well, uh, I, we'll see if they're actually going after him. Or if is he a contingency plan if they don't get somebody else that they're banking on more? I don't know. I don't know. Is he better than what they have right now? It's a great question. If, if, tell you if, that right if now. he That's were on a great the roster, would, would they be in the college football playoff right now? Probably because he's been in the right. he's been in the you know the college football for three years, right. four years, right? Exactly. So is he an upgrade over what they have? They got to upgrade. I don't know that he is an upgrade. No, we'll find it's out. Close. We'll see. I'm not worried about it right now. I, I, all I, we got to do is win one game to win the title, and I'll be satisfied. <laughs> I don't really care what. Are happens you going to UCF it? Is that really what you're going to do? Yeah, UCF it, man. I mean, we're playing the defending champs. You're going to go uh, that low? It, low? What's what's 14 and 0 is not low. How's that low? Not my fault we didn't get invited to some invitational postseason <laughs> holiday tournament. I don't care about that. They beat Georgia. I was just going to say bitter, line hey, one. Look, they beat Georgia. They're national champs as far as I'm concerned. You can't tell me any different. So, you know, prove me wrong. It doesn't matter to me. You know, I'll declare them. Alabama, half Alabama's champs came from some roadside barbecue over the years, right? True. Like, That's very true, actually. Right? So there you go. Joe's and roadside Georgia. barbecue declares Alabama the national champs. Georgia could be playing with a backup quarterback, too. So there you go. Even up. All right, uh, so what do you got today? Did Jags. you already tell us? Yeah, they told us. Jags, Jags college football. Jags college football. I don't know. Mike lost, lost a little I've lost bit my train of thought. I overslept this morning. <laughs> he did. He got a little sideways What can on I it? tell you? I really, honestly, today I'd like to weigh in on Draymond Green and the Spurs losing 17 in a row, but we don't do that show around right. here. So maybe XL primetime. All right. Oh, Matt. we will definitely get into Dre. I can tell uh, that right now. Out of the league. Is where he should be. Done. Never again. I, honestly, it's. I, it's not, I'm not saying that's anywhere close to realistically uh, a likelihood or a possibility, but that's where. Or at least a 30 game suspension. I mean, it, uh, that looked a little Kermit Washingtonish. It, right? It was. Right, and, and he's trying to sell a foul call. All right. Yeah. Enough. We don't have time for this. Matt, have a great <laughs> right. show today. See y'all. Appreciate it. There he goes, uh, Matt Hayes. Uh, John. Welcome, welcome to Jaguars today. Washington was. Uh, I don't know. Uh, That's an old school. Yeah, he punched Rudy Tom Jonovich yeah. in the in the face. Uh, ended Rudy's career basically. Yeah. Yeah, and this wasn't quite that because it didn't have the impact, but it had the same feel. Right. I mean, it, whatever. Sure. I, we don't have time to go any deeper. John, what do you have coming up at Jaguars.com in the next um, few days? Hoping to talk to Evan Ingram for the Ozone Podcast, and I'll be on uh, the huddle up with uh, Bucky Brooks and JP Shadrick, who you know quite well. I do. I like that JP guy. That's your guy. That's good. I like that Bucky Brooks guy as well. So I like them both. Yeah. Good guys. I'm right. the least likable person on that show. Talk to you Sunday. All right, guys. Enjoy it. I sleep in on Sunday. I slept in today. So, you know, <laughs> I'm probably good <laughs> on that theme. front. All right. That'll do it for us today. Uh, Pockets, how's your appetite? It's all right. All right. Because <laughs> Tony's buying breakfast tomorrow. So <laughs> I, I, I hope I'll it's be, a big one. More. I hope it's a big one. All mm-hmm. right. D Rock will be in tomorrow. We'll do the breakfast bowl. We'll get Mike's perspective on uh, where things stand for the Jags, and we'll continue to march towards Sunday night football, Jacksonville and Baltimore. You'll hear it right here in your flagship home for the Jaguars, 1010XL and 92.5 FM. XL Primetime coming up next.